Last week, Pastor John kicked off this series entitled Koinonia. And uh, the New Testament was originally written in Greek, and koinonia is the Greek word that appears in key places in the New Testament. Koinonia, when translated into English, can be translated as fellowship or communion or sharing. But koinonia isn't simply uh, spending time or hanging out together. Koinonia is a bond. It's about identity. When you share in an experience or you share in a cause, that experience or cause uh, bonds you to another person or group of people. And that bond is what the New Testament calls koinonia. And you can see koinonia in different groups of people. Um, Different groups have this bond. Families have koinonia. Um, you don't even have to be a part of a group to see it in other groups. I've never served in the military, but it's very clear to me that military veterans have koinonia. They have this bond. Um, I've never really play, been on a lot of formal sports teams, if you will. Um, but sports team, teammates, they have koinonia. You can see it. Um, I've spent a lot of time, I've never been a teacher, but I've spent a lot of, a lot of time around teachers. Teachers have koinonia. There's this bond that they have. Followers of Jesus, the New Testament says, have koinonia. It's often translated as fellowship. And there are two places in the life of TFRC that this idea of fellowship, koinonia, is routinely encountered and we don't even know it. Um, At the end of every service, we give a blessing, and um, blessings come from various passages of Scripture, and one that we often use here comes from 2 Corinthians. This should sound familiar. Uh, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That fellowship before Holy Spirit, that word is koinonia. If you go into the middle of our octagon, into the tile portion, and you look at the center of that tile portion in our octagon, you will see this verse reference, Acts 2.42. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That word in that verse, fellowship, is koinonia. And so koinonia, this whole idea is foundational for us here at TFRC. It literally makes part of the foundation of our octagon. Um, In this series, we're focusing on the sacrament of communion. And again, the word for communion is koinonia, and so we just want to explore, how does the sacrament of communion give us this bond, this koinonia? Now, there's three realities to the sacrament of communion that we are exploring. There's a past reality, present reality, and future reality. Last week, Pastor John visited the past reality of communion uh, through the lens of remembering. This week, we are looking at how communion connects us to a present reality, that we are brought into Christ's presence and connected to him in the sacrament, that Christ unites us and we are connected to each other in the sacrament. There is something deeply mystical about this aspect of communion. 
Uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Um, our uh, scripture reader for this morning is Dick Johnston. So Dick, if you can make your way on up to the podium. And as he does so, please stand if you are able and face the center of the room. We read from the center of the room to remind us that scripture should be central to our lives. And we stand because we believe that this is the word of God. And so, Dick, whenever you are ready, read, please read from 1 Corinthians 10, verses 16 and 17. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. Dick, thank you very much. You may be seated. The cup and the bread, the verse says, is our participation in Christ. Would anyone like to guess what the original Greek word for participation was? If you think you know it, just tell your neighbor. Okay, very good. I heard many of you say koinonia. You are so smart. I knew you'd know it. Now, these verses are talking about the sacrament of communion. And they say that the cup and the bread in communion is our koinonia, our participation, our fellowship in Christ. You see, communion, in communion, we are connected. It connects us to Christ so that we are nourished by his presence. Again, just rereading verse 16, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ. And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ. When we share in this experience that we call communion, it bonds us to Jesus. It shapes our identity. It tells us this is who you are. And for followers of Jesus, we accept the bread and the cup because we've accepted Jesus. Going back to 2 Corinthians that I referenced not too long ago, where it says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That fellowship of the Holy Spirit in communion, the Holy Spirit brings us into the presence of Christ. It's done in some mystical way that it's kind of hard to describe, quite honestly. But when we come and partake in communion, it does something to us. It does something to us. It connects us to Jesus in a unique way. If Jesus were to physically show up here so that we could see him and talk to him, uh, what would that do to our faith this morning? Imagine how much time we would spend here. Some of us would never even worry about lunch. We would just be here all the time because Jesus is here. Look, he's right here. Well, this side of heaven, communion is the closest thing we will ever get to that experience. 
My dad turned 80 a month ago, and um, pretty much my whole family gathered for his birthday. I have a sister who lives in Buffalo, New York, another sister who lives just north of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My parents and three brothers live in Southern California. I live here. We're pretty spread out. Um, my parents have 19 grandchildren, so we're spread out even further. Um, and so we're the kind of family we get together for weddings and funerals. That's about it. Um, and so what was cool is for my dad's 80th birthday, all the kids, spouses, and 14 of the 19 grandkids were able to make it. And that was really cool. We didn't do anything fancy. We just had a party at my parents' house. But what made it great was the presence of everybody. Shannon and my kids were all able to be there. I had nieces and nephews and brothers and sisters and in-laws, uh, friends of the family, an aunt and cousin that I haven't seen for 20 years were there. You know, and it's sad because I have, I have a great family. I like my family. Um, and we only get together for weddings and funerals. That's it. Now, some of you you intentionally make sure that you do things like family reunions and some kind of regular basis to keep that connection. My dad's 80th birthday brought us all together. And when that happened, the presence of everyone, it didn't just remind me that I was a part of the Swoboda family. The presence of everyone in one place renewed my identity. It reinforced where I belonged that even though we don't see each other much, that that event gathering with everybody's presence refreshed my identity of who I was. The sacrament of communion is the closest thing we will get to Christ's presence this side of heaven. And through it, the Spirit brings us, through communion, the Spirit brings us into his presence. And Christ's presence nourishes our faith. It re-energizes our identities as followers of Jesus. It is Christ to whom we belong. And the bread and the cup, that is our participation, our koinonia in Christ. And Jesus is the one who instituted the sacrament. He's the one who gave it to us so that we could stay connected to him. He's the host of the meal, if you will. He wants us to participate in this sacrament. And we participate by eating. That's how we participate in the sacrament. And eating is significant on two different levels. Uh, first of all, when you eat something, it becomes a part of you. As the old saying goes, you are what you eat. Likewise, the act of eating bread and drinking from the cup that represents Jesus' physical presence is letting Christ become a part of you, which is a little scary because in order for us to become more like Jesus, we have to give up some of who we are. And remember what Jesus said. If you want to follow me, Deny yourself and take up your cross. Christ gave himself for us, so we give ourselves to him. And when we accept the invitation of Jesus in communion, we are submitting ourselves to him. And the second significance of eating is that when we eat together with someone, it connects us to them. It enhances the relationship. Having a meal with someone draws you closer to them. And so Jesus invites us to eat. 
So that connection between Jesus and us is strengthened every time we participate. Communion, it connects us to Christ so that we are nourished by his presence. Communion also connects us to each other so that we are united in Jesus. If you look in your Bibles, again, to verse 17 from 1 Corinthians 10, it says, because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. Faith in Jesus is a decision each of us makes for ourselves. We have to personally accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but personally accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior does not mean that our faith is strictly personal. Faith has always been communal. And this is where it gets a little messy. If we go back to Acts 2.42, which is referenced again in the middle of the octagon, where it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Again, to the fellowship, that's koinonia. It's not just a bond between me and Jesus. It's a bond between me and you. If you've placed your faith in Jesus and have accepted him, you and I and everyone else in this room who that's true for, we have koinonia. Which is easy as long as we get along and like each other. Then it's all good. However, how often does that actually happen that we always get along and we always like each other? That never It's not always that way. Most of the time it's the other way. There are people in this room that we have issues with. And there are all sorts of things that divide us. There's all sorts of things that make us different. Things that are measurable and tangible. But Jesus is the host of the meal, which means he gets to invite whoever he wants. So there's a good chance that he will invite someone that we don't agree with. You know, the passage for the morning comes from a letter, a letter written to the church in Corinth, a city which is now modern-day Greece, which is in now modern-day Greece. And the Apostle Paul took issue with how they practiced the sacrament of communion. And so later in that same letter, the letter entitled 1 Corinthians, in chapter 11, he writes this to them. In the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's supper you eat, for when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. You see, in the early church, communion was sometimes practiced as part of a larger meal. And so some would go ahead and eat before other people even had a chance to participate. And this was a big deal. Not because of poor manners, but because the very event that was supposed to unite the church divided the church. And so how they treated each other actually broke koinonia. Again, there are all sorts of things that divide us, all sorts of things that make us different, things that are measurable and tangible. Racial differences, financial differences, social differences. 
educational differences, political differences. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. Look, do families have koinonia because they always get along? Do military veterans have koinonia because they always agree? Do teammates on a team, sports team, have koinonia because they always like each other? No, no, and no. Right? Koinonia isn't what you have when you get along. It's what you need when you don't. Brothers and sisters, we live in a time of great division in our culture, and it's easy for that division to find its way here. We need to hold on to what bonds us together. There are people from all races and educational levels and financial and social statuses and political parties and on and on and on who believe that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings, that Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus, that Jesus Christ died for us, that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. That is our koinonia. Amen. You and I belong to the body of Christ, which means we belong to each other. Communion connects us to each other so that we are united in Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us into your presence this morning for inviting us to your table, for nourishing and re-energizing our faith and reminding us who we are, for giving us this community of faith, the koinonia, the fellowship, sharing the bond that we have together, that even though we are different in so many ways, our faith in you joins us together. So help us walk away from this place this morning, renewed, with a renewed sense of both your grace and your power. And it's in the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.